This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my ever-growing co-host, Jon. He's calling me fat again. Body shaming is not allowed anymore, come on. Always, always taking my compliments the wrong way. What can I do? Yeah. What can I do? Yeah, I don't know if people on YouTube see me, but whenever you do the introduction, I have to kind of brace myself about, okay, what he's going to say this time. <laughs> Which is totally fair, because when I do the introduction, I try to also get you off, off guard. So, Well, we are not talking about body shaming. Yeah. We are talking about the growth of your mindset. Are you going fast? I haven't even put the slides on yet because I made I slides know. again. People, See? watch YouTube. Keeping you, keeping you challenged. Yes, growth mindset, or the way I read it, it's okay to fail. Yep. Now, this is one I picked up at uh, a big international company. And before I picked it up, uh, I had a problem with this, actually. I mean, failure is not an option, and this is kind of to do with... Growing up, educating, your parents telling you what to do and things like that. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I think this is a very normal way of people growing up, trying to succeed in life, trying to do the right thing and trying to not make a fool of yourself and things like that. And that's actually a huge block once you start doing things you have never done before. And if you're kind of lucky, you actually have a job that involves you doing things you have never done before on a daily yeah. basis. And in those environments, not thinking it's okay to fail, that is not only very stifling, but very mind nerve-wracking, mind-destroying, unhappy-feeling place to be. <laughs> I tried mm. to make it a sentence, it didn't work. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay to fail, Jan. Thank you. Just making the point. <laughs> I mean, the other thing about this, um, or a, another thing, because I think there's many different aspects to sort of a growth mindset, is that um, it, like the, the first word, growth, is that you can continue to grow, develop, learn, um, whether that's learn new skills, get smarter, understand new concepts. Um, it also, you know, often that is done through, to your point, you know, trying to do something. And if it doesn't work, okay, like that didn't work. What else could I try? You How else something. could I approach you this? You learned something, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. Every time you look at a problem and attempt to solve it, you're learning something new. You're learning, maybe you learn, you know, what does work, but maybe you learn, first of all, three three ways that it doesn't work. And like each time you're sort of, you're developing more knowledge around that particular, you know, particular situation or that particular challenge that you're facing. Yeah, not particularly, I mean, just figuring out why it didn't work usually mm. leads to the path to find a way that it does work. I mean, when I write yeah. programs, when I develop a little script or even something bigger, at this, I mean, again, this is a, a big blocker of getting off the rails because in the, in the olden days, I wouldn't even start writing the program because I would already see I'm not be able to do that, I won't be able to do that, I won't be able to do that, it's going to be crap, I'm not going to do it. Nowadays, I just say, okay, I have to, I want to, I was going to say I have to, no, I want, I have the luxury of being able to want things, not having to have to do things. I want to write this uh, 
website for somebody, whatever. And I'll typically try and find a programming language I have never used before. Mm. Because I know I'm going to fail at the beginning anyway, regardless of what I do, because I'm not a developer every day. So even if I do C sharps, I've written, I've written a lot of C sharp in my life, but today I would still have to look it up again. So, mm. okay, what for the hell of it? Let's uh, try Ruby. Let's try Golang, whatever. See what fits, see what works. Uh, find a framework that's new, things like that. And that for me is the growth mindset, being able to just stay from the start. Uh, okay, first iteration is going to be crap, <clears throat> but that's fine, because that's I'm going to find out how this new thing is supposed to work, how this is connecting with other things, uh, finding out the the mindset behind the project I'm working. Because last time I used uh, Laravel, which is a PHP framework. I mean, I had done PHP for a long time. I'd never done Laravel before. But all these frameworks have their own little ways of thinking. This is how they suppose the world should work. And that's how the framework is being built. And just being able to dig deeper into the mindset of those creators is also a way of looking, oh yeah, you have the normal uh, view document uh, paradigm kind of things. And there's different ways of doing things. And that just makes my life more interesting. And yeah. it makes communi communications with other people available. And again, that's again, it broadens not just your mindset, but also your world. You have to yeah. communicate with other people that think differently, that hopefully enrich. Yeah, and the the sort of the mention that you had around, you know, picking a new language or picking something like that's actually a a well known part of this growth mindset, which is around like embracing the challenge and actually just not not taking the easiest path, mm -hmm. actually picking a path that you know will be more difficult, like because going down a, a more difficult path is the path that will make you learn more, make you stronger, make you more prepared for maybe the next time that, you know, that language comes up that you'd never touched before, that actually suddenly you find you have to kind of debug or understand or go and dig into some code or whatever it might be. Like the the sort of embracing the challenge is is another sort of big part of that sort of growth mindset. Yeah, but it's also about the abstract way of being open to new things. Because the the reason that I have I'm now comfortable doing this kind of thing because I know I'll fail and that's fine. I'm gonna learn and the rewards will be bigger in the end. But I've talked before in earlier episodes about how a solution architect is supposed to be able to think on his feet, on their feet, and. You will go into conversations and you'll have prepared certain things and they'll ask completely different questions. And mm. if you don't have this growth, I think growth mindset is valuable for everybody, but it's indispensable, is that the word, uh, for a solution architect. If a solution oh, yeah. architect doesn't have this, you will not be a happy person because it's okay when somebody asks you a question and you say, good question, never thought about that. Let's discuss. Yeah. And the thing is that if you do that, your, your, your discussion counterpart, the other person in the discussion actually enjoys that because now it's not, not you preaching to somebody. It's mm. actually both of you trying to find the middle ground, the, the whatever, the, 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 the holy grail, the, the ring, <laughs> whatever your, yeah. your thing is. It, and it makes it a lot, goes, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, it goes from a, a one-way, um, you know, a one-way preach or yeah, transmission from being an actual real discussion and conversation and like everyone enjoys a conversation more than they just enjoy being broadcast at yeah. it's 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 human nature to enjoy interaction and people also uh, communicate a lot better with 
people than with robots. So if you try to project that infallible, I know everything mm. persona, you will never connect to people. But if you make a mistake, I mean, I'm very bad at spelling. And typically when I make a slideshow, a slide deck, there's always going to be a spelling mistake in there somewhere. I try, I do spell check and everything, but it just happens. They still creep through. And the early days that mortified me. Nowadays it's, yeah, I'm human. Mm. I mean, that that's actually uh, that's another one of the elements of the growth mindset, which is um, a sort of persisting in the in the face of, of setbacks, yeah. it not not being um, overwhelmed by the first kind of you know failure that you have or or, or challenge that you have. You know, people talk about um, developing muscle is about kind of over stretching, over um, over exercising those muscles. Like you actually do damage, yep. the damage repairs and the, re the repairs get stronger. Like it's the same with uh, with intellect when you're sort of talking about this. You know, going through some challenges, um, the experiences that you get from those those challenges, like that is continuing to grow and develop your intellect and your experience and your knowledge in these different areas. Yeah, and I think it's not just for the person that is important, but also for the employers. Because mm -hmm. a growth mindset, if you foster that kind of attitude in your in your in the peoples, then it's a great way to avoid burnout. To avoid people passively cancelling themselves or what's it called again when you don't really quit your job but you're not really doing a job anymore. That's oh, the, the, um, silent quitting or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forget. It's not quite that, but yeah. Uh, but if you have if you have a growth mindset, you'll never get that. Because the moment you start feeling that burnout, you'll break yourself <laughs> in a way. To make it interesting again now there are situations where it doesn't work i mean if you're in a toxic situation i mean this isn't uh we're not gurus here telling this is going to change your life and you'll be happy ever after i mean it's something that you can use there are always exceptions but a lot of the time typically when i'm in a job and you see this a lot in the, in the industry i think that people kind of move to another employer after three four years because the first year of things new you're learning second year you're kind of establishing yourself third year it's i've seen all this before and i'm doing it again fourth year is i need to do some other uh, thing mm. through a growth mindset again by accepting challenges that you're not uncomfortable with that you know is going to hurt you for some in some ways again to get more reward get better out of it can also be a way of keeping the job you have interesting and useful yeah. and it will prepare you for your next thing and instead of moving to another job because you hate the current job you will move to another job because you can do something there you want to do and we've had this we had a couple of episodes about our own career uh, a year ago something like that by now i think mm. and basically that's what i that's what my career has been every time i kind of got tired at my job i started breaking myself in a way, learning something new, and then found out that, okay, yeah, this employer, this new thing is not as useful. And at that employer who reached out to me because they saw me do things somewhere, somehow, I can do that thing better. And the fun thing is you'd never have to look for a job, basically. You can very easily, because you have that flexibility of mind and you are always evolving, yeah, your job kind of evolves with you. And still you can stay very rooted. I mean, I've always been an open source mostly. So you can still have basics that stay the same, but what mm. you do in that world can 
very drastically. I mean, look at look at my LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have fun. Yeah. I, the, another part of this, I think, is that some sometimes people get this perception that if they're if they're having to work at something really hard, then it's a it's a sign that they they don't belong. That this is too much for them. That you know, there's there's no like they're in the wrong position and. Um, like we might actually do an episode in the future on something called imposter syndrome, which mm -hmm. is you know, rife in I have no idea just the tech industry. <laughs> um, but it, that's part of it. But the you know there's an element to the growth mindset, which is um, you know, working hard at something is actually how you get to success. Like it's the that's the route that you take. You go, you work something really hard and you continue working at it and you you may fail and, and you may make a mistake and you but as long as you continue to to kind of learn from those and, and continue to work hard, like that's the that's the route to success. That's not actually, you know, a sign that you you don't belong or that, that this is too difficult for you or that sort of thing. As long as you don't as long as you don't give up on that, like that's actually you know, a positive thing. Yeah, that's actually why I never use an IDE. I've never used, I don't use Visual Studio or Eclipse. When I do programming, I will use <coughs> Studio Code these days because it's a nice editor. Mm -hmm. And that's because when you start learning to program, and I'm talking from a long time ago, maybe things changed, I don't think so. You kind of get these courses and examples and use all these tools and it just goes click, 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 click and the example application is built and you move on and it's very easy and simple. And then you try to build something yourself and you start doing things. And I always had this thing that, okay, I'm writing like this much code that can't be the way to do it. That's, that's just too, there must be an easier way to do this. Mm. I'm too stupid for this. And what I've learned over the years is that, nope. <laughs> You kind of do need to do the hard work because those examples are kind of built to prove a little point. They are not entire things and the points may be valid, but it's not something you can just copy paste and you have an application now. It's, it's techniques, it's tactics, it's strategies you can learn to use and apply mm. to maybe not write a thousand lines of code, but 900, but it's never going to be 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... There's there's another part of this which is, you know, we've been talking about um, growth mindset a lot from um, kind of internal sort of motivations mm -hmm. uh, and in, or like being in your, a lot of your own mind around this, but actually there's a there's another part of this which is um, actually learning from external feedback and criticism. Um, yeah, it's hard. It is, and a lot of people, you know, if someone says, oh, like, actually, that that could have gone better, maybe next time try this, some people get very defensive. Um, some people, well, no, I, I couldn't do it that way because, like, like, if you can take yourself out of that, like, emotional need to immediately sort of protect yourself and you know, think about it, like take a deep breath, think about what they're, um, what they're telling you, you know, think about one of the ways that uh, I found useful is to think about it as if they were talking about someone else almost is, is a really good way to sort of diffuse it so that you're not immediately responding from, you know, potentially quite an emotional, um, emotional place. And instead then, 
take the feedback, understand where it's coming from, like understand that person's perspective. Like, have they got previous experience in this area? You know, is this is this something that they've done before? And if you can, if you can sort of turn that, um, like that feeling of criticism, uh, constructive criticism being failure, to constructive criticism being oh, this is, this is a chance for me to, to learn, for me to understand, you know, how other people approach things. This is a chance for me to improve. Um, honestly, that's a, it's a huge benefit. And it's, I definitely wouldn't say that it's easy at all. It's very, very difficult to take that because we're not really uh, educated, I don't think, to really understand like we're we're i think in a lot of ways conditioned to expect oh well done that was great that was awesome that was incredible like all the time from the earliest stages positive reinforcement mm -hmm. is far more common than constructive criticism or constructive feedback and especially people earlier on in the career you know, they're not used to seeing it. Like they may be used to seeing it in more of an academic situation. You know, your exams are being marked and, you know, certain areas are called out and things like that. But once you move into, out of that sort of stage and into the workplace, I have found that um, kind of constructive feedback um, has become a lot more, a lot rarer. Yeah, I mean, I have a huge problem with this. And just to illustrate, the first ever report card I got in first grade had a comment. Jon finds it very difficult to admit he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something's never changed, eh? <laughs> the thing is, I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. And maybe staying with school a bit. I think school is actually, especially in this part of the world, uh, a culprit here because um, when I was young and I went to school, you went to school to learn something. Today, you go to school and it needs to be fun. And if you get a bad mark and you come home crying, your parents go back to school and kind of pummel on the teacher that, how dare you give my my, my, my son, my daughter, bad score. And that's something when you then end up in a work environment where you kind of have to do or get fired. <laughs> it's a huge shift. And this is basically, I think, part of the whole millennial uh, age group problems flowing into the uh, workplace. And that's not me saying it. It's from the fact that I actually had to sit in a seminar once at one of my previous employers on how us old fogies had to work with people from the 2000 years and not demotivate them in the job, in, 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 in the workplace. So apparently it is a thing. So mm. definitely that that is a problem, but it's hard to do. And mm. I think the main thing that you said that struck a chord in me is see where it comes from. Mm. And okay, I'm going to be incredibly, uh, what's, what's the word, egotistical, uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I got a problem with that. Uh, I'm a reasonably intelligent person. And if I get constructive feedback from somebody that I don't consider my equal, mm. I find it very hard to accept it. Mm. And that's a problem because uh, in a lot of, I'm not going away from my personal experience now, although in the past this has been my experience, 
um, a lot of the times your manager doesn't know what you're doing. Mm. And in sales, this happens a lot, especially in pre-sales, where the sales pre-sales manager is not a pre-sales engineer, but came from a management school or from a sales background as a, as a rep. And then they read a book and they've got these 10 things to do to be the perfect solution. <laughs> and the feedback coming from that kind of thing drives me crazy. Because, mm. okay, so many reasons. Um, I'm not going to go into too much details here because I don't want to blame, I don't want to name and shame anybody because, again, those people are doing the best they can and they, are, they have a growth mindset. They are going out of their comfort zone and trying something new. So, again, there's a lot of good things there. But the feedback you get quite often is not presented in a way that makes it easy to accept if that makes sense at all yeah and that's something that really annoys me because on the one hand i want to learn i know i don't know everything and i'm getting older i need to keep up with the with the neighbors and everything with young people and old people alike i want to have guidance i want to have i want people to tell me it did that it worked but this would have been better Mm. I need that also for my own growth. And I'm missing that because oftentimes the feedback you do get comes from a place that I don't see growth. Mm. Sorry, sorry for the navel gazing there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the uh, there's something we could, we could actually, we could do a whole episode for sure just on giving and receiving feedback. That's but, good feedback. <laughs> But um, one of the challenges is it's not just if you don't perceive someone to be uh, your peer that it, you can struggle to hear that feedback, but it can also be um, like how that person gives the feedback. Like one of the mm -hmm. one of the like lessons that I learned very early on and still sticks with me to this day is. It doesn't matter how you give the feedback, it's how the other person receives it that matters. Like you could think that you delivered the message perfectly, but if the other person perceives it differently, like then then you've you have failed to deliver feedback successfully. Operational success, fortunately, patient died. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But um, there was a situation literally just yesterday and I was asking someone sort of their opinions on something we were discussing a, a particular situation or concept or idea or improvement and the way that the person kind of responded I found very very triggering and I found it very difficult to sort of step back mm take a deep breath, put my immediate response aside and instead listen to, you know, where where their intent came from. And by asking sort of a few follow-on questions, you know, I had I had interpreted their response as um well, you clearly weren't doing things properly. This is what this is how we do things. Whereas actually, when I asked the person a few other questions around it, what they what they actually meant by it, and again, this was me, my crazy brain kind of reading into what I heard them say, what they actually um, were, were saying, or what they were actually explaining is, they tried a number of different things that had failed for them, 
before they found this approach that actually worked for them. And it's like our brains by default don't always give people the benefit of the doubt. And you know, we've talked about assume no malice before as one of the key values. But you know, it comes back into this because it's it's a lot, a lot of it's about about communication and about feedback and you know, I think the, the growth mindset is a is a big part of that. Yeah, communication is a hard thing to do. Growth mindset can allow you to be a better communicator as well. Mm. Again, digging yeah. deeper, not taking the easy road, and just seeing how deep the rabbit rabbit hole goes, knowing yeah. that you might hit a brick wall. There's there's one more part of this that I really one more then. I, I really I really like, which is um, having a growth mindset um, can sometimes also be about being inspired by the success of other people. Um, seeing other people's kind of triumph over the challenges that they've had. And um, like, if you're not careful, sometimes the, the flip side of this is seeing someone succeed and going, oh, I could never do that. Or I could, you know, they're, they're clearly far better at whatever it is than I am. But instead, if you can see someone succeed at something and go, oh, wow, like they did a great job there. And maybe you could ask them about it. Maybe you could learn the approaches they took, uh, learn from the sort of, you know, the model uh, approach that they took or whatever it might be, um, the model they applied, however they got there. And actually just talking to people, hey, like, did you hit a bunch of dead ends as you were doing this? Because like from the outside, it just looked so seamless. It just looked like you... You, you did this smoothly without any real challenges. And most of the time people go, oh God, no, it was terrible. Like I was, I was trying all sorts of things that didn't go well. And uh, it wasn't until I, you know, stumbled upon this or, you know, a few things aligned at the same time and we managed to get this to happen. And all of a sudden the pieces fell into place and, you know, away we go. Like that sort of, um, yeah, inspiration from others and learning from that, I think, is a, a huge part of, of of the growth mindset as well. And it can be a really, it's, it's one of the parts of this that I think is often ignored. Yeah, I mean, I've got on my LinkedIn profile, the impossible is merely a matter of time. Basically, if you see somebody, you think, oh, he's way smarter than I am, I'll never be able to do that. That's the wrong, that's the wrong conclusion. Okay, even if you're right, and they are more intelligent than you, then it may take you more time, more effort to do the same thing. But you still can do it. The only thing that doesn't work in this is muscle memory. If you see a great pianist and he spent like 30 years perfecting his, his, his art, you will need 60 years perhaps to, <laughs> to get to the same level. But from all things that do happen, that come around in a normal office setting, let's say, if you hear somebody do something, say something in a way that may, I never was able to say this so clearly, that's a great thing. Adopt it, see what you can do with it. Don't copy it, but um, yeah, try to understand why it works and then use that, what you learned on whatever you're doing yourself. And that's also when I make new slide decks, I will typically uh, christen them uh, for a small audience where mm. failure is not that big of a problem because I know that my storytelling isn't going to be on point yet. And I might say something that I think is funny 
and people get offended by it has happened before <laughs> <laughs> and again that's okay just make sure your entire presentation isn't new all the time always takes mm. 50% of what works and well even 70% of what works and add 30% new stuff and that way over time it keeps your presentations fresh all the time because there's new elements in there all the time and you can kind of like a comedian on stage just try a joke mm. and fall flat okay I know no this is not a good joke let's not use it again mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I think this this is one of those sort of values that um, I think like lots of people talk about and I think this is one of the ones that takes a lot more time to really master and I I mean ma perhaps mastery itself is is even you know unobtainable but as long as you're continuing to strive for that sort of growth mindset that in itself is is positive true although i don't think a lot of people talk about this because when i talk about this uh, i mean i do mentoring i have thought that i talked about that before and when i mentioned this because uh, really it helped me a lot that the, the only reason i'm a solution architect now is because i learned what a growth mindset was i would never have had the guts to do this the courage to do this uh, but a lot of people haven't really heard this one yet so I'm not sure a lot of people do talk about it, but it is mm. something different from the other values where this is kind of how it, it, this is reaching like a guru on the mountaintop, uh, life wisdom that will change your life uh, kind of situation. This is not a simple thing. It's an attitude. It's a concept that kind of touches all the other values you talked about because you can't do a lot of the things we talked about in the previous episodes if you don't have this growth mindset and i mean i'll never be a manager because that's just how, not how my mind works it's it's not something you enjoy but again that's against growth mindset because i think that i should try it i should do it just to, to challenge myself it's just that i also want to have fun in my life and i find i have a lot a lot of fun today these days to being a simple <laughs> i see uh, so i don't need that to make my life more complicated um but a good manager needs to have this and oh. bad managers don't have this at all bad managers don't because growth mindset is what allows you to be empathic to understand what what, what yeah. you, the example you just gave not just going for the gut reaction the limbic reaction going into okay you're saying this you're making me mad why are you making me mad what did you say that triggered me here having that kind of dialogue going up over in your head and being able to do that relatively quickly because you can't just say <laughs> i'll get back to you next week <laughs> Although some, sometimes that works rage <laughs> building <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, for me, the couple of managers that I really respected, and mm. there are few, mm. after, now I, I know that even though the words didn't exist in the, in, the, in the 90s, that was basically what they were doing. Yeah. They were seeing not a confrontational situation, but they were seeing something, a conversation they hadn't had before. And okay, I'm a manager. How do I diffuse this? How do I make this employee of mine happy again? So that be keeps being the valuable person he hopefully is and that's a challenge at that point that needs to be accepted and a lot of managers just yeah we've got commands from upper hand this is what we need to do you say you don't want to do that okay go do something else and that's just a bad uh, situation that's I mean 
I've been in one company that was very, very bad. This company is not on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I was only there for six months. Uh, and yet, you also see in those companies that the uh, turnover of people is very, very quick. People just mm. don't stay there because it doesn't nurture a fun environment. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. It, I suppose maybe the, the final piece on this, um, at least for me, is if you can show... So, you know, we talked about um, the growth mindset being about, you know, accepting failure and failing fast and learning from it and that sort of thing. Um, there's also a part of this that is actually being more public about your failures. Mm -hmm. You know, if yep. you can be more, if you can be vulnerable with people to, to share, you know, the challenges that you've had, the areas that you failed, and you know what you learned from that. Um, That's what mentoring is. It, I mean, it, it's it's incredibly. I mean, but even if you're like, I, I had a uh, session probably what, three weeks ago now, where in a room full of people, I was very candid about several areas where I, you know, in my opinion I had failed and I talked about you know why I'd failed and the challenges that I'd had and what I'd learned from that and it's a very very difficult kind of conversation to to have like not many people will volunteer some people will um will share if asked especially in the small with a smaller audience mm -hmm. you know challenges that we had but very few people will and it's not um, I'm not saying this because I think that I'm amazing at this. I'm definitely not. Um, but it's very difficult. The, the larger the audience is, the more difficult it becomes because you're, the more vulnerable you're making yourself. But you learn so much more if you're able to have that conversation. And also people learn more about you and you can develop um, it's one of the ways that you can sort of develop trust with people much, much quicker. If you can get into that sort of reciprocal sort of nature of, hey, like this didn't go well for me. This is what I learned from it. Someone else sharing something similar with you, you know, each of you kind of essentially tra trading vulnerabilities. It's a huge way to, to kind of build trust with someone and also to understand them better as well. Yeah, it's also good for diverse, uh, diverse uh, environments. Yeah, I'm just thinking uh, when I do this, which is very rarely, I don't. The way I, I, I try, the way I kind of escape the vulnerability is by mm. pretending it's not a conversation with the audience, but a conversation with myself. Mm. It's just myself talking to myself about what I did or what I didn't do, which is something I typically do without anybody else in the room. Mm -hmm. talking to myself yes i must be crazy uh but if you have these knowledge sharing or experience sharing let's call it that sessions mm. then basically i kind of do the same thing and just talk to myself because i know i need to be honest with myself because if i lie to myself i know uh, it's just very annoying 
very annoying, very annoying. <laughs> that kind of helps a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's very, uh, you're taking your clothes off basically. You're going naked in front yeah. of the audience and that's, uh, the, the, the thing is you have to imagine the audience naked. That, that makes you confident, not the other <laughs> way around. That's not how it works. <laughs> All right, anything else? Nothing else for me. Then that is all the growth mindset we have for today. <laughs> you can support this podcast. You can become a patron. Contributions do help us keep this in the air. We're on YouTube. You can uh, hit like, subscribe buttons, notification bells, and see the beautiful slides I made. You can go to www.roaringelf.org. There's links there to the Patreon page and more information on the podcast. And yeah, Twitter is still a thing, so you can see if you can catch us there. But I wouldn't hold out much hope. You can still send your feedback by email to podcast at roaringelf.org, though. Until next time uh my name is i blame growth mindset for this podcast existing (laughs) (laughs) and my name is ever failing dave (laughs) that's an imposter syndrome thing you are Uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week bye-bye see you then